Seems like forever since we've done one of these damn things. Well, it has been. I've already got the next two already done. Yeah, it's. I'm surprised the Crap Man episode did not get that many responses yet. <laughs> I think by this point, nobody cares. <laughs> not to say that you guys did a bad episode. I, I just don't think anyone really, you know, people have one way or the other about that show. There's people like you. The Crap Man. There's people like you that absolutely hate it. And there's people like JT that are 60-40 that, you know, 60% he can look past it and 40% he absolutely hates. And there's people like me where I only like one season of the damn show, which was the team-up season. That was the only good thing about the show for me. Neil, what was your reaction again to that show when I showed it to you? What, you constantly crying bullshit? Yes. (laughs) Yes, he could have put in Penn's Tiller out of yeah. Pen and Teller out of a pen, job. Pen Gillette out of a job, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you know, that's that's kind of like my first reaction to Brave and the Bold was like, Batman was never this stupid in space, and he didn't time cheat. What the hell is this bullshit? That was my reaction to Brave and the Bold, like the first season, like the first couple episodes. I haven't seen the Brave and the Bold to like it or hate it, so I'm not even going to try. Eh. Oh, I mean, it's not like Teen Titans where you have to have a natural hate for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, and when I do the outro, Ben, let me say the actual title of the damn show for next time for The Batman. Even though you you can, you're entitled to your opinion. You have your opinion. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll call it by the right name. I will call it. I don't know why you're calling it the wrong name, but I'll call it by the right name. No. Well, for. The podcast's sake, at least, at least my podcast's sake, call it by its given name, not its correct name, by its given name. It's not the name it wants, but it's a name it deserves. <laughs> the cinnamon test. You've got to be fucking kidding me. What's what? I don't want to know what that is. I, I don't know. Get the link, Neil. Get the link. Cause they need... I'm, I'm not watching that shit. I'm sorry. Uh, I won't. It's... I won't. <laughs> No, it's 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 actually more of a meme. What people are doing on YouTube is uh, they're taking on like a like a spoonful of cinnamon and putting it in their mouth, and uh, just just so you know, you don't do that because it burns. You're, yeah, your your mouth cannot handle that, and you will cough it out. And it's very it's actually very dangerous. I know putting a mouthful of and, cinnamon. Yeah, yeah. Are people because you'll start coughing and that stuff gets in the air, and if it gets in your lungs, you can do a lot of damage. I swear to God, when that chick spit it out, it looked like she was spitting weed out. It, yeah. it just looked like drug paraphernalia, paraphernalia smoke. Oh, cute chunks! Well, when I first, before I even clicked on the video, and I did, I if you guys choose to watch this, it's up to you. Neil's already seen it because Neil posted it. The reason why I started watching it was because I thought it was gonna like some. It had something to do with her giant jugs. Is what I thought it had something to do with. Because <laughs> I'm like, okay, what is she gonna do? Pour cinnamon down her tits or something? What is this test? <laughs> well, for? she sprayed it down there afterward, but well, yeah, she spit it all over herself. Oh my god, <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> oh, god. oh my god, but I think Ben should. Is watch- that a ladle? She's gonna do a ladle. All the shit that he now this act. This video might actually be fake because she's way over the top. Yeah. And... This 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 but... deserves to die if she did this a whole ladle. Yeah, <laughs> but this is actually like a real meme that people are doing, and you should not do this. 
Heather Bell. <laughs> That's what she said. Oh, God. God. <sighs> I, I would rather watch a thousand hours of bad animation than rewatch that video. So, X-Men. <laughs> the Webcast Beacon Network has been covering and promoting creativity and the creative process since 2007, starting with the Webcomic Beacon, a topical webcomics podcast with a jovial bunch of misfits like your local morning radio show. Also, the Webcomic Beacon Newscast recaps, reviews, and discussions of community and industry news relative to comic creators, especially of digital distribution. Also, the Tropecast, the ever-tangential discussion of literary and visual memes. And finally, Web Fiction World. Before webcomics, there was independent and self-published web-release written fiction and literature. Find this all at webcastbeacon.com. Be sure to grab a master RSS feed or master iTunes feed and not miss a thing. Salud. It's been a week since I did an intro, so give me a minute. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> what, Neil? You make it sound like you're out of practice. Well, it, it's, it's like a muscle, Neil. You have to exercise it. Hello and welcome again to Animation Aficionados Crossing Over with Tooncast Beyond. I am your host, Ben, and we're joined by my co-host, TV's Mr. Neil. Now to unleash screaming temporal doom. And we have with us from Tooncast Beyond, the host of Tooncast Beyond, TFG1 Mike. Hello. And joining him, uh, Steve Megatron. Um. Steve! Steve? Hello. And tonight we will be talking about Justice League Doom, the latest in the DC original animated movies. Yes, that's and... correct. And this will wrap up the Tooncast Beyond Animation Aficionados crossovers because we don't want to have to wait until Superman vs. the Elite and the Dark Knight Returns come out. <laughs> <laughs> and what a good way to end this because I think this was a good movie. This was an extremely good movie. Oh, yeah. And uh, actually, I have to be honest. It's uh, the fact that I am not that wowed of it over it as much as I was with others doesn't say this is a weak movie at all. This is this is a testament to the strengths of this team, yeah. to where they keep on giving us hit after hit after hit. Where I can watch this movie and say, technically, this is a well put together movie, but it doesn't wow me as much as say Under the Red Hood or another one. That doesn't mean it's a bad movie. It just means that this team makes such good quality that. That this is great stuff. I mean, in in contrast, if Marvel Animation came out with a movie as good as Justice League Doom, I would just be screaming out of the top of my lungs about how great this is because Marvel Animation never made an original directed DVD movie anywhere near the same stratosphere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Superman Doomsday is better than any Marvel animated movie. Oh, by far. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> I think there I think there are list of things that are better than Marvel anime movies yeah. where it goes around the block twice. Oh yes, most definitely. I mean it's like Black Friday at Target and Best Buy. Yeah, exactly. Um do you want to give a bit of the the comic history before we get too far into the movie, Ben? Because we are gonna need some of that Tower of Babel knowledge. Okay. Um I thought you bought the graphic novel. I didn't get a chance to. I wish I did, but I didn't have it. Okay, okay. There are there are very there are some very big differences, but I'm actually glad that there are differences because the one weakness the uh, the 
DC animated movie team has is when they do a direct translation of an existing property. Year one was a little lackluster because of it. Yeah. And this is not that. They took the bare principle of Batman having contingency plans from Tower of Babel and implied it to this. In the story of Justice, Justice League Tower of Babel, written by uh, Mark Wade, I believe, and drawn by Brian Hitch. Yep. Great team, by the way. Brian Hitch, great art. Uh, Mark Wade, one of the best writers DC ever had on a team book. The, the plot is focused on many things, but the biggest thing is Batman has contingency plans in case members of Justice League are mind-controlled or turned evil, which has happened in the past. So somewhat justified, but at the same time, it's Batman. Batman's a little bit paranoid. And, and the, the story is basically Ra's al Ghul steals these plans from Batman with the help of Talia. And he uses these plans to occupy the Justice League so he can install towers around the world that tra- translates all spoken and written text into Babel. That's why it's called Tower of Babel. And the, the plans are downright mean. I mean, uh, Wonder Woman has a nanite inserted in her ear that makes her, uh, that makes her inner mind fight a, an opponent her, as her equal and she will refuse to back down. So she's going to work herself into a heart attack. Uh, the Flash has, has a probe shot at him. He vibrates through, through the bullet thinking the vi- bullet's going to go through him and it lodges into his spine and makes him have seizures at super speed. Uh, uh, Martian Manhunter has has nanites embedded in his skin that that burn in oxygen. Uh, Aquaman was was hypnotized with with Scarecrow's fear gas to be afraid of water. <laughs> Thank God Aquaman is not in the movie. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> Kyle Rayner, Green Lantern was uh, was blinded and he couldn't use the ring because he was blind and. And basically, Batman was preoccupied because Ra's al Ghul stole his parents' caskets and held them over a Lazarus pit. So basically, basically, all the whole team was was held off, and and Batman finally is able to resolve the issue with his parents' caskets, and he had to from there, he had to from there help each member of the Justice League with his that got injured by his plans. Oh, Superman! Superman had what happened was. With Superman in the comic was very different from in the movie, where in the comic, uh, Batman exposed kryptonite to intense radiation, transforming it into red kryptonite. And what this red kryptonite did to Superman was it made his skin transparent, which made him absorb solar radiation at a much more accelerated rate to the point where he couldn't control his powers. So Superman hid in the, in the dark side of the moon because he couldn't control his powers. So, oh, okay, here... <laughs> couple of problems I have with the even though I've never read it and I know it's amazing because people have told me the that the comic is amazing uh, first of all if they had used that version of the Superman storyline in the movie this would be the first ever DC Universe film that would be rated R I guarantee it um, <laughs> second of all <laughs> uh, oh god what was it uh, was it Flash or Green Lantern um, no, oh, no, 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 it wasn't that. It was a uh, Batman and all that. Yeah. Raish holding his parents' graves over a Lazarus pit. Thomas and Martha Wayne have been dead for how many years at this point? The mere threat of it might working was... Right, no, and, 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 I, and I, I totally get that. 
But that's my point, is like, can a Lazarus pit really bring bones back to life to actually be the people that that the bones came from? That's that's my question. Because we don't we don't know. That's the biggest yeah. thing. Is is the if it if it did work, it would have been horrific. That's the, that was the biggest worry. Right. Yeah. If it did work, it would have been horrific. And and also, like I said, a lot of what happened was there were lots of interesting ideas. Like Martian Manager was out of commission until until what happened was he got an Atlantean uh, uh, encounter suit, is what I call it, is basically a suit filled with water. And Marshal Manhunter basically uses that while he's waiting for the uh, for his skin to shed, basically long enough to where the probes are not on him anymore. Right. And uh, and basically what uh, and basically Marshal Manhunter had to use his uh, mental powers to uh, to put uh, Aqu- Aquaman into sleep while they put him into a into a water tank, even though he's afraid of water, so that way he doesn't die from. Did they make sure it was salt water? Yes, they did. <laughs> oh, the enemy below! And good episode. Actually, actually, a lot of a lot of a lot of great moments in this. Since, uh, and basically, at the end, they destroyed racist towers, and <laughs> and the league comes to a vote about Batman's about Batman not trusting them. Right. Uh, funny thing is, uh, is. I forgot to mention one other league member that was in that was in this the league during this time, Plastic Man. Oh god. Oh jeez. And and Batman's plan to defeat Plastic Man was basically uh freeze him, then hit him with a hammer. <laughs> wow. Okay, so that's the comic. The movie is it retains some of those plot lines a little bit, but it's drastically different. And I absolutely love that it's drastically different. Uh, first of I, all, I, yeah, I agree. It, it would require a lot of backstory to explain a lot of the things that were in the comic, and by not doing that and having its own story, it is a lot stronger. Oh yes, yeah. Uh, first of all, you've got um, most every, and we're going to get into this more when we talk about the voices and all that stuff in a few moments after everyone's given their thoughts. But you have most of. Justice League, Justice League Unlimited cast coming back, reprising their their roles. And I'll get into that later because I have huge issues with uh, one certain casting choice. Um, <laughs> let's go around the room and just get everyone's thoughts. Uh, Steve, what were your overall thoughts when you first saw this? Um, for the most part, I I just liked the whole film. I mean, I having never read the uh, source material, I didn't have that... Um, dislike for the original story as far as some of the characters are concerned so uh this this was my first introduction to this particular plot line itself um but i i just i I think the film was very well done i would say more so uh than some of the other uh batman superman films in the past yeah yeah uh neil what about you uh i liked it i i like that they brought back a lot of the original cast members. Um, the, the thing about this movie, I I think I like it not as much as Crisis on Two Earths. It seems to be a follow up to that, maybe. Um, this this kind of felt like a like it should have been like a two part episode of the Justice League cartoon series. Yeah. Uh, it it's a good movie, um, but it's not. I, there are other stories that I think would have worked better as as a movie personally. Uh, one thing about about the opening of the movie. Uh, 
Batman shows up. He finds a he finds a guard laying on the ground, and he turns it over, and uh, he, the guard the guard's got a card sticking out of his chest. And I'm like, oh my god, it appears to be the Ace of Spades. No. <laughs> yes, I couldn't help myself. Well, I I shouted that at the top of my lungs. Well, the thing is, you mentioned this specific <laughs> plot line of the plans to defeat the members of the league. Elements of this have been used before in in Starcrossed, even, but it was Hawkgirl right. who implemented the plans. Right. So this this is one of those stories that has infected and infected the the core of what what it means to be in the DC universe, and it has been told in different ways. Has parts of it have been told in different ways, and I think that's one that shows just how much this has affected the DC universe and animated universe. It's it, and like I said, the best part about it is you can tell the story three different ways, and it's told three very different, very good ways. Yeah, exactly. Um, for me, obviously, majority of the voice cast coming back was great. Um, I love the banter between Flash and Batman. I thought that was great. Um, I don't... This is going against my whole stance of... NIC. Uh, I don't mind that Cyborg is in this. I don't mind it at all. No, this is a very good portrayal of Cyborg. This is a this is a, a smart, competent, somewhat meek, but at the same time, same some t- same time able young hero that is given a chance. And I think and he that never says booyah. Yes, he never says booyah, and he's not. He he is like I said, he is competent. He is confident, but still meek and young and and. And just, I think that's a very good betrayal for this for for Victor Stone. You, you actually have a good characterization for this character mm. that has he has been sorely missing in animation for the last uh, eight years. I mean, this this is like I said, I like this cyborg. This cyborg is a good cyborg. Yeah. Um, and yes, you do have Bumper Robinson reprising his role. So I mean, there is that familiarity to those people who think that Teen Titans is a good cartoon, which it is not. Um, God, I wish there was a name we could call Teen well, Titans. The cast did a good job in that show. So right, right. It was a, it was a oh, yeah, thing. no, I, I, in, in, it doesn't matter how bad a show is, I will never knock a voice cast because they are all talented actors and actresses. So yeah. so, so why, why are you saying Bumper Robinson reprises? <laughs> because he did. No? Are you saying this is a complete... This is a different cyborg, therefore it's a completely different character. Is that what you're saying? Bumper, Robinson, saying only, like... Bumper Robinson only played cyborg in this movie. Oh, you're, no, you're denying. No, he was Teen cyborg Titans. in Teen Titans. No, that was Carrie Payton. Was it? Really? Yes. Oh. That's, uh, are you sure? I'm looking at the voice cast right now. All right. I'm, I could have sworn it was cyborg. He was cyborg before. It's pretty close. Yeah, it's damn close. Huh. Weird. Okay. So it's Ben as Ernie Hudson and Phil Lamar. <laughs> wow. All right. Huh. Um, okay, well, in any case, because <laughs> I don't, like, I, yeah. Well, see... The reason why I thought Bumper reprised was because Bumper has that range of he has a high voice like Cyborg was in Teen Titans and he has the kind of like the low voice as 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 what he does in this. So that's why I thought he reprised the role. Hmm. But he didn't. 
But uh, we do have we do have uh, a what I love is you have Carl Lum, Lumbly back as Martian Manhunter, and he does a great job at it. Okay. But we also have another Martian Manhunter playing Vandal Savage. <laughs> Phil Morris reprises, yep. Because Phil Morris was Vandal in uh, Injustice League. Yes, he was, and he does a very classy Vandal Savage. I just don't like. I understand this is its own. This movie is its own designs. I just don't like that look on Vandal Savage, though. That just doesn't appeal to me at all. I like the. I sort of like the Victorian look because he's trying to look like he's high class, and yeah. When the end, he really is just a sophisticated Neanderthal. <laughs> yeah. Because tell me I'm wrong. No, you're you're right. You're right. Uh, all right. So I, I guess kind of go ahead and getting into the voice cast. Uh, the one issue I have with this film is they they advertised it as a who's who return reprise from Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. You have Kevin Conroy. You have uh, Susan Eisenberg, Michael Rosenbaum, uh, Carl Lumley. Um, Michael Rosenbaum. Huh? Yeah, it's a. I said Michael Rosenbaum as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Olivia Dabo. I mean, you've got all these people that that are coming back, and you obviously have to use the versions of the characters that aren't the Justice League voices from Tower of Babel, like Hal Jordan, Green Lantern. This is probably the best Nathan Fillion's done, Fillion's done because he's not narrating the goddamn thing. He's not telling a story to a person who's listening to a story while you're watching them tell the story. Exactly. Um, the one issue I take with this film, as much as I love the guy and I love his Superman, Uh-oh. I love Tim Daly, I do. But if you're going to basically tout this as a Justice League cast reunion, why the fuck didn't you get George Newbern? That makes no sense to me whatsoever. George Newbern is sitting by the phone waiting. Actually, just to go ahead and get this information out of the way, George Newbern will be Superman in Superman vs. the Elite. <laughs> and that comic sucks. <laughs> but it does. I, I, I can't debate that with you because I've never read it. So, but... but what I do love is when Bruce Tim pops into the sound booth and he just does grunts. As like, Ace, yeah. Well, yeah. anything you know, he when in in Wake the Dead, he did Solomon Grundy. You know, Bruce Tim just pops in the sound booth and says, "I'm just going to grunt." Yeah. Um, and I I I've watched this movie over the past week and a half, like four different times, and I never never caught this. I have to go back and watch it again to catch it. But Andrea Romano lent her voice to the Bat Computer. <laughs> what, what I love is. Uh... You know, you got a lot. Of, you got a great voice cast, and I love Great Delisle. But you know, she she's doing two voices, and you have uh, Robin Atkin Downs doing like six voices in this. It's mm-hmm. like you you have lots of people doing double and triple duty after you get by the get past the main cast. Yeah, yeah, but that's not so bad because normally you would have people doing that. I mean, you know, just look at um, Justice League. I mean, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. There was tons of times where Maria Canales Barrera or George Newbern or Phil Lamar or even Kevin Conroy sometimes would do a uncredited voice. I mean, hell, Mark Hamill is uncredited as Solomon Grundy in Justice League. So, you know, the double-triple threat of voices, it didn't really bother me at all. Um, okay, well, Neil, uh, 
tell tell our guests what you thought of the uh, of this star sapphire costume. Oh, uh, I I didn't really have a huge problem with it. I I just said that I like I like the version from the Justice League cartoon better. Yeah. I do like I do like the uh, uh, the the lavender and black uh, combination. I I like that that arrangement, but uh, oh god, I, I just like you bring up this random thing that I said. No, off, I know, but I, I just <laughs> thought of something. Technically, what? this version of Star Sapphire is Jinx from Die Another Day when she's like, "Can't we just leave it in a little bit longer, James?" When she's got the diamond in her belly button at the end of the movie. Oh, God. God. <laughs> Steve, what did you think of the voice cast overall? Um, The voice cast? Yes. I personally, I, I love the fact that they got damn near everybody back. It's just, if, if I had to choose people to play these, it obviously would be Carl Lumley, you know, Kevin Conroy, mm-hmm. uh, Susan Eisenberg, Michael Rosenbaum. I mean, all those people who played in the original Justice League, it just it, it makes this a more complete film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I didn't think uh, Nathan Fillion did a bad job at, at Hal Jordan this time around, obviously, because he's acting, not reading. Storytelling. Yes. So, I mean, um, I, I just like the fact that they got them all back, and then the voice cast overall is pretty strong anyway, so... It's hard to to make any kind of knocks against this entire cast. Yeah, I'm gonna go back and reference uh, a better world from Justice League uh, because the only way you could tell the difference between uh, Justice Lords Martian Manhunter and Justice League Martian Manhunter is the Lords version has four arms instead of two, and because it's both. Carl Lumley voicing it. And it was the same thing here where he was voicing Martian Manhunter and he was also voicing the counterpart. I can't even begin. Maleficar. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like somebody Maleficent should be married to. Um, (laughs) But that was so like, I couldn't tell those two apart once they started doing their shape shifting because it is the same voice. Um, You know what? I actually had to say that the whole idea that they have to have the exact the exact uh, comp- the exact uh, evil comp- uh, you know the exact evil bad guy mm-hmm. of of each leaguer personally take them down. I'm not sure if I like that that much. It's 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 it is kind of a trope by now. In in just to have one guy in his own in his own uh, you know plans do it versus having to have oh each person's uh, evil bad you know arch nemesis has yeah. to take the take them down is is well I, w- I, w- I was waiting for them to say you know hey we need to switch dance partners i really was waiting for wonder woman to say that because it's just one of those things where you're right i mean while it's awesome seeing batman go up against bane and superman go up against metallo i i guess it's awesome to see superman go up against metallo i mean technically he's a walking piece of kryptonite um, that's really all Metallo is. I mean, that's all he's got. Yeah. I, I, you know, STAS and, and Justice League kind of prove that where he's like, no, I need my kryptonite heart. And really, like I said, if, if it was a little bit more about the planning and less about here, here are their arch nemesis and we're going to give them these plans. If it was more, if it was more that and less that it might've been a stronger story overall, but you know what? Talking about 
this is not a weak story. Oh if no, I, it's I, not. It's not a weak story at all. I just found some of we're, that... we're nit we're nitpicking now. I mean, honestly, yeah. we're nitpicking. I mean, you know, like I said, the fact that we can nitpick at this level just shows how strong this team is. Oh yeah, no doubt at all. I just, you know, I'm I'm agreeing with you that I was like, you know, I was waiting for the switch up. But I mean, it's one of those things where, like, I don't know a lot of Martian Manhunter's rogues gallery. I mean, hell, Wonder Woman barely has a rogues gallery. Actually, she has quite a robust rogues gallery, but that's... Well, a, they yeah. don't use a lot of it in animation. Well, I mean, that's I, because I mean, a, lot of, of a lot of them... using Ares and all that, I mean... Actually, a lot of them would not get past the standards and practices, like uh, Dr. Psycho would never get past standards and practices. Well, Dr. Destiny did, so... Well, well Dr. Psycho, his whole thing is he is the ultimate male chauvinist, and... He tries to use his mind control powers to make Wonder Woman a docile housewife. Oh, so Dark Side from Super Friends. Um, it's, it's much, much worse than that. Right. No, I, I understand that. But that's the first thing I thought of. Okay, so here's the thing. You have the League. You have the Legion of Doom. For me, the one of the reasons why I think I don't mind having the character of Cyborg in here and having that Teen Titan type of connection is that essentially Cyborg is the linchpin between both of the sides. I mean, he is he is the one person that kind of figures everything out in this movie. He's the one person that no one counted on. But you know what? At the same time, you have to look at it. Everyone else won their boss fight except him. He well, had his ass stabbed in the back. I mean, he had his ass handed to him by by just an old man. Yeah, and he had his arm torn off, and this time it wasn't the arm that had flesh on it, <laughs> unlike Unlike the Teen Titans cartoon. <laughs> well, he didn't have he didn't have his magic powers then. Oh, we're not <laughs> getting into that. Um, <laughs> all right, so uh, you know, overall, as we've said, it's a it's a really awesome for me. Now, I don't count this along with the other individual movies. I don't count this with. I don't pair this up and 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 try to say that this is better than this and whatever else. I don't count this with like Batman under the red hood and, and all that, because this is essentially, as we all know, a team up movie. Uh, I would say it is better than apocalypse. I would say in style and the way that it's executed, I wouldn't say it's better than new frontier, but I enjoyed this a lot more than I did New Frontier. I enjoyed New Frontier. It was great for what its timepiece is, because that's that's something that's set in its own time. I mean, really. Um, but this is easily better than both the Superman-Batman movies. Um, well, it, it has more of a rewatchability, whereas a lot of the other ones don't. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. And you know, this this really is a very good movie. And uh, like I said, after after year one, they had to... Yeah, I mean, they can only go up. Yeah, I mean, year one, see, as I said in the year one episode, to me, that is essentially, it's not a Batman story. It's a Commissioner Gordon comes to Gotham story. That's what it is. I mean, it's essentially Commissioner Gordon kicking ass. It's, um, it's, it's Exile, a Law and Order movie. God. <laughs> That's funny. You're sending me to Staten Island? What the hell? Anyway, um, just a bit of trivia that I found on uh, on uh, on IMDb was that, and this is something really interesting to me, um, this marks the 21st time that Kevin Conroy has provided the voice for Batman Bruce Wayne. 
So this is the 20th year anniversary of Batman the Animated Series, and this film was the 21st time he voiced Batman. That's awesome. Yes, it is. It Because it's really hard to find another guy who could have that kind of voice that embodies what Batman should sound like. I mean, you have this image in your mind of how these characters should sound like, and uh, and this really is how Batman should sound. I mean, uh, one hopes that... Uh, one hopes that our historical figures sound as bad as Batman, you know? <laughs> Steve, any thoughts on 21st time of uh, voicing Batman? Um, besides that, that's my favorite number. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean, I, I kind of, I, I mean, obviously it's awesome that he actually gets to do that yeah. that many times. Uh, I just hope that he gets to keep on adding to that number trend. Yeah. Well, you know, that. They have said in in the past that when they want that quote unquote classic Batman voice, they will turn to him. But when they want a different voice, they're going to go somewhere else. That's what he specifically told people at a at a, at a C two E two convention that they told him. Um, well, and the the thing is with that though is no one's ever going to capture the essence of Batman like Kevin Conroy did. No. Bruce Greenwood was pretty good. Oh, I I will admit, he was good. Yeah. He's probably the closest that's ever come to Conroy's rendition of Batman. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But I don't think anybody else is going to capture that anytime soon. Especially not Diedrich Bader. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) Fucking Oswald. Um, Anyways, uh, the thing about Kevin Conroy as Batman... For me, at this point, because his his the way he does that vocal, it's obviously the same. It hasn't changed in 20 years. I mean, yes, he does do different inflections with it. But for me, at this point, it's does the animation of whatever film that it's going to be him voicing the character fit his voice? Gotham Knight was the only one that I absolutely did not think he should have done. I absolutely agree. It would have been so much better if they just got some guy off the street to do it. <laughs> hey, kids, I'm Batman! <laughs> um, you know, say what you want about the public enemies and, 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 and Apocalypse movies. Shut up, Ben. And, and Apocalypse movies, him voicing Batman in those was great. Um, but this one, for me, by far, was his best DC film, animated film portrayal of Batman outside of the DCAU. All right. Uh, Let's see. Uh, As far as the box office goes, um, well, there have been no numbers to my knowledge released yet, as this movie just came out uh, a little over two weeks ago. Uh, I've I've looked. I've tried to find it, and... World's Finest, to my knowledge, hasn't done a news story on it saying, hey, you know, here are the numbers. Justice League Doom is is doing amazing. I'm pretty sure it's going to do amazing, whatever numbers it does get. Um, I don't know if it would... I, if I had to wager, I'd say it would make anywhere before, between 5 and $8 million. Uh I don't think it's going to encapsul- encapsulate the evilness and, and the horribleness of the numbers that Superman Doomsday has. Um, just because apparently people like watching bad animation, and Ben is a perfect example of that. <laughs> Only to the review title, it. That, exactly. The title of that movie is a lie. They're like, oh, Doomsday's going to be in this. Yeah. Oh, wait. Exactly. Fail. 
So going around the room as the IGN replacement crew, one to four, one being don't watch this if it's free, two, worth a watch if it's free on TV, three, worth adding to the Netflix list. I don't even think it's on Netflix. I don't know. I I, I haven't seen a lot of the DC films on Netflix at all. And four, obviously, is this is a must-own on on DVD. And I'm betting all four of us are going to give it a four. But, Ben, what is your ranking? I I say give it a four. This is definitely something you want to own. Steve? Hey, I have to agree. Neil? Four. And I also give it a four, so there's that. Uh, as we've said, it is on it is on DVD and all that good stuff. Uh, I do want to point out, and we do have to talk about the, uh, the special features. Um, uh, the Blu-ray combo pack includes featurettes only for Blu-ray called Guarding the Balance, Batman and the JLA. Uh, a mini featurette called Their Time Has Come, Cyborg and the DC Universe's New Diversity. While both Blu-ray and the two-disc DVD edition has Legion of One, the Dwayne McDuffie story, and a sneak peek at Superman vs. the Elite, and of course, two bonus episodes of Justice League, uh, being Wild Cards Part 1 and Part 2. The iTunes version, which is what I bought, has uh, JLA 43 um, digital comic. It has the Dwayne McDuffie story, and it also has the uh, the Cyborg story. So uh, the iTunes version, you are still going to get that. And that Dwayne McDuffie story, oh my god, that was just so heartfelt. That was just so awesome to, to just see. It's, it's essentially a 40-minute biography on Dwayne McDuffie. And, you know, for people, I know, Ben, you watched it on Amazon. Neil, I don't know how you watched it. I Oh, I, I watched the movie on on uh, on demand cable. I didn't oh, okay. Um, I did not get any of that. I just got the movie. Right. Yeah. You guys either have to get it on iTunes or go buy the 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 DVD because if you're because let's face it, Dwayne McDuffie once they went unlimited, he was essentially the voice and the face of Justice. I mean, he was the one gung going gung ho to do all the amazing things they did in the unlimited part of Justice League. Um. He was the one that wanted to do all the team-ups. He was the one that wanted to do all this. But this 40-minute documentary was just so, uh, you know, looking into his life. You've got Phil Lamar on there talking about him. You've got his wife on there talking about him. Uh, You've got a guy from Marvel when he worked at Marvel. Um, Bruce Timm is on there talking about it. it. It's an amazing story if you're interested to know the life and times of Dwayne McDuffie. Okay, sounds like it's something worth picking up. Yes, very much so. So we're going to take a break here on Tooncast Beyond. We're going to go to some commercials and other stuff, and then we'll come back to close the show. It's time for intermission, boys and girls. You can now hear the Geekcast Radio Network while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher is a free news and talk mobile app available for your smartphone. And when you download Stitcher to hear Geekcast Radio, you'll have a chance to win money. Downloading is quick and easy. Just find Stitcher in the App Store. During registration, hit the promo code box and enter Geekcast Radio, all one word, to get automatically entered to win $100. The latest episodes of the shows will be waiting for you and your favorites. You'll get access to lots of other amazing shows, too. Always available to you on demand. No syncing. It's Stitcher Smart Radio. Don't forget to enter promo code Keycast Radio when you register.
Movie Week in Review is the GeekCast Radio Network's weekly movie podcast. Steve and Mike take a look back on their favorite films and give you their thoughts. They also bring in co-hosts at times. If you are a movie buff, listen to M-Wire only on GeekCastRadio.com. Hey, I'm Gary. I'm Greg. I'm Chuck. And I'm Justin. Join the four of us every week on the Internet's number one G.I. Joe podcast, What's On Joe Mind. That's right. It's Joe News, reviews, and special guests like you've never heard them before delivered right to your MP3 player. Think of it as Joe Talk meets Sports Talk. And we make fun of Chuck. Right. Hey. We're just kidding, Chuck. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes Chuck makes fun of himself. Right, please. Hey! It's What's On Joe Mind. Every week on the GeekCast Radio Network, InsidePulse.com, Stitcher Smart Radio, and iTunes. Download and listen today. Can I say something about Transformers? No! Coming April 10th, 2012, the GeekCast Radio Network launches Masked Mayhem with your hosts Optimus Solo and TFG and Mike. This podcast covering all 75 episodes of Mask will feature in-depth analysis of every episode, talk on the toys, and more. Mask Mayhem will run 30 podcast episodes. You can find us in iTunes and on www.geekcastradio.com. Get your spectrums ready as podcasting is the ultimate weapon. I'm actually surprised we got 35 minutes out of that because, as we all know, We can spend two hours tearing stuff to shit, but usually it's only 20 minutes that you can say, this is awesome, this is awesome, this is awesome, this is awesome. (laughs) Well, you know, like I said, like I said, if if the most biggest complaints we make are just minor nitpicks at best. Well, right. And I mean, that's really all they are is, is, is minor nitpicks. Like, okay, I love Tim Daly. I love him as Superman. I just felt that... It should have been Newburn if they're going to tout this as a Justice League cast reunion. Anyway. All right. And we're back? Yeah. You can, uh, I was going to say you can go whenever you're ready, but whatever. And, okay. And we're back. And uh, any other final thoughts, guys? Neil? Um, just really quick that I like the fight choreography once again in this movie, because uh, uh, especially... <laughs> Especially, you know, the scene with Wonder Woman uh, knocking out all the... All the cheetahs? All the, uh, yeah. Yeah, she, at one point she just picks up a tree and wails on them. She was killing people in that scene. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. Yeah, the fight choreography was well done. Uh, so, Mike, your thoughts? Final thoughts? Um, I absolutely loved it. I know we didn't hit every single character as far as the movie goes. Um I love how essentially Dwayne McDuffie wrote this to almost emulate uh, Star Cross Part 3 where Batman says essentially he he doesn't say this but essentially I I'm I'm going to mince words here essentially fuck the vote if you guys don't think I need to be here I won't be here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um that's absolutely. pretty much how it went in the comics as well. Yeah. I, 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 I absolutely love that part. I, I agree with Neil. The fight the fight with Wonder Woman and Cheetah herself, the first the, the, the original Cheetah was great. And then of course all the other Cheetahs that she saw. What really um kinda hit home for me was just as a final thought was the fact that Batman is right. What if the Justice League went rogue? And we've seen that in the DCAU. Um but Superman throws it right back at him. Well, what if you went rogue? And then he's like, "Well, that's what the Justice League is for." <laughs> you know. So. I like that. I like that. Not all of them uh, look down upon him. Uh, 
which one? Was, I think it was the Green Lantern that actually uh, saw saw it from his perspective and didn't have much of a problem with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty much how it went in the comics as well. Steve, um, I don't really have any final thoughts. I just I really like this film. Okay, all right. All right, so thank you for joining us here on Tooncast Beyond and the Animation Aficionados crossover. There's always ways to get in contact with us to leave feedback for the show. Visit the website, geekcastradio.com. Leave the sh- you can also go over to animationaficionados.com to check out their stuff. Leave the show's feedback in iTunes. Please do this. Follow us on Twitter. The shrine there is Tooncast Beyond. Ben, what is the uh, AA Twitter? A Aficionados. Uh, Neil, what is your Twitter? Neil Sama. Steve. SCP-21. And mine is TFG1 Mike. Become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash geekcast radio network and facebook.com slash animation aficionados. Uh, call our voicemail line. Tell us the show you're leaving a message for and your name. 502-526-5821. We hope you enjoyed this uh, Tooncast Beyond Animation Aficionados crossover spotlight on the DC Universe animated films. And wish you'll join us next time when we'll be continuing on in season one of Tune Beyond with the Batman. Batman. God. For now, I am. Oh crap! I gotta edit that point. Uh... <laughs> For now, I am TFG and Mike with. <laughs> God damn it, Steve. Well, I didn't see the window pop up, so... Oh, okay. Did it pop up yet? Yes. Okay, I'll do it again. Take four. Leaving this part in our version. No, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) For now, I am TF2 and Mike with... Steve Megatron Phillips. TV's Mr. Neil. And Ben. Thank you for listening. Until next time. What time? Good night. Oh, Christ. That was a fucking train wreck. I've carefully studied every Justice League, your past and present, and created contingency plans to neutralize you, should that ever become necessary. You've got to be kidding me with that. Neutralize, not kill. Whoever implemented my plans altered them. It's still a completely unacceptable breach of our trust. The members of the Justice League are among the most powerful and potentially dangerous people on the planet. You think one of us would go over to the other side? Or succumb to mind control. Yes, it's possible. That's why I developed plans for containing any or all members of the JLA, should the need ever arise. None of us would ever do that to you. Then you're damn fools. And now a bonus section with Thomas Revor and listener of the show, Richard. I'd love to come back and trash public enemies. We already did that. Yeah, we did. There wasn't anything redeeming about it. I, the one thing oh, no, I, I did back. That I, I love about public enemies is how much the, the guy who does the art for it, I don't know his name, Ed McGinnis. He must. Is Ed McGinnis gay? Ed McGinnis is Ed McGinnis. Because he draws every female character like he's like not giving a shit at all, but every guy has so many muscles that there's too many muscles to have. <laughs> no, no. He, he, I he's... think he has done gay art before. I think I've seen his art floating around the internet. And actually, like, actually, he did the Thunder, Thundercats comic. Yep. Is that very homoerotic? Not really. No, especially the way that he drew uh, the female characters in there. But, uh, no, I think what he was trying to do like, when he was drawing... it in for Power Girl. He's like, and uh, circle for the face, and dot, dot, there you go. Oh, that's a crime. He should be he should be strung up for that. Yeah, it's... A, no, you, don't, I think... you don't phone in on Power Girl. Hey, but, I mean, at least Public Enemies was far and beyond 
better than Superman Batman Apocalypse. Oh god, yes. Oh yeah. Oh, well, you know what I think what happened with Ed McGinnis was I think he was rocking the dragon. Because oh, okay. I, I swear it looks like he was he was stealing uh, Akira Toriyama's shitty art style, not not Akira Toriyama's good art style, but this the when he was making Super Saiyan two and three and all that bullshit where they where they were muscles on top of muscles versus like cute characters and uh, you know Apocalypse. You know, I made the joke. Neil made the joke about how Michael Turner only draws one face. <laughs> I, I think Tom is that is. I think that joke actually came from Anne. I couldn't say. I, 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 I do but... feel like he photoshopped Wonder Woman's face just to be a skinny version of Superman and Batman's. He's like, no, we'll just skinny it up a bit. There you go, woman. I, I the really... funny thing about the funny thing about that is that just watching the movie, I didn't feel that the faces were that bad. But when I went looking for pictures, I found the, that one picture of, of Supergirl and Wonder Woman in the same shot. I'm like, oh my god, it is the same face. Told <laughs> you. Blonde hair does not a different character make. Yeah. Yeah, it's... But a big and that was one of the problems with Harbringer, because Harbringer shows up early in the movie, and I'm like, okay, what's, what's Supergirl doing in this other scene? Because they look the same. <laughs> now, my question is, what, did you guys see, uh, you guys have obviously seen Batman Year One. Uh, that oh, review is in the pipeline. I, I, yeah, I actually saw it before it was out, um, and I tried warning Ben away from it. He says, well, I've already paid for it. <laughs> and was the Catwoman right? sort is the only reason I'm not selling it. Batman... Is there a Catwoman sort attached to it? I only ever illegally downloaded it. Oh. I, was, I was around when Batman Year One was originally released in comic form, and <gasps> it was Frank Miller, and uh, like I said back then, I still have... I, I don't know what his fetish for prostitutes is. I hated the whole... Selena Kyle's a whore. Uh, it just it didn't work for me. But the rest of it, the growth of Bruce Wayne into Batman was a terrific storyline. And uh, David Kelly's art. Oh, God, beautiful. Beautiful. Fitted a very noir style, beautiful art, which they copied carelessly. Well, the problem Batman was they, they didn't have – they followed the lines directly, made all the lines the same depth. They didn't add any of that rawness, that rough – rawness that was in that beautiful book. See, and, and, I just said to my wife, and my wife thought it was really good because she thought she, and I kind of agree with her, it was a very Jim Gordon-driven story, and she really liked that. It was, Well, Batman Year One was as much, in the comic book, was as much a yeah. Jim Gordon story as it was Bruce Wayne's story. Well, yeah. there, there, was, there was subtlety in the art that I actually mentioned that I saw, and it might have been just me, but I think that the artist really worked on this, too, was at the beginning of the story, when when uh, when it showed when it showed uh, Jim Gordon with his wife Barbara, it, it actually you know she was pregnant at the time, but the artist really took care to make her look kind of sexy still. And then as he was tempted by Essen, you know he you know he actually the artist changed it up and drew Barbara as very very plain, and it's sort of to show like what Jim is seeing, I think. Yeah. And I think that that was a brilliant move by the artist. It was very subtle, and I didn't catch it until I read it the third time. And, uh, Tom, what do you think? Do you think I'm overanalyzing art? I think you're overanalyzing a little bit. Aww. I mean, I really think that they just... When it comes to pregnant women, I mean, you can have the same woman one day look exceptionally sexy, and the next day just decide to screw it all and be very plain. So, I mean, it could just be something that simple. And, yep. Yeah, yeah I'm on pregnancy fact... number two, guys. Yeah, trust me, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and for a, a cop, especially, knowing as many as I have, you're in a, in a say a high stress position is an understatement, and there's a lot of them that want something life affirming, 
And some of them do take, I mean, have extramarital affairs because of that, especially if the wife is saying, no, not right now. Yeah. So, I mean, it it really was. It was a great look into the characters and everything that went through. It actually was, and it, it actually is my favorite. And like I said, uh, I, I actually give a lot of credit to uh, to the artist. I think it's because I emphasize, emphasize with the artist as much as the writer. And... Uh, because there's subtlety in storytelling that that you might not catch the first time, and I really do think that part of it was a conscious decision on the artist's part. And uh, and uh, you know, Year One was one of my favorite graphic novels, and the problem with the cartoon was it was too perfect a translation. And I think that's the weakness of the Bruce Tim uh, original movies team is whenever they're asked to do a, a direct translation, it comes off as. Eh. Because well, I, I think about the voice decision for uh, Batman. Didn't like it. Didn't like it. I liked his voice. I thought he did a really good uh, kind of kind of creepy voice for it. I'm, well, you know what? There was there was leaving out Kevin Conroy. I mean, I was surprised how much I liked Diedrich Bader. I I, I, I like I like Bruce Greenwood. I like Bruce Greenwood. As he's doing Batman. a fantastic job on Young Justice too. Oh yeah. Well, he's one of the things that I like about Young Justice. I think that's the two things I like about Young Justice. I'm a fanboy for that show. Adam Baldwin surprised me, honestly. As Batman. See, I mean, I heard the Adam Baldwin Superman in a Superman Doomsday, and I was not that thrilled with it. I can well, see him. Well, you know who the, who the character model was for that Superman? Who? Edward James almost. That was a joke because, his, you know, the, the acne lines. But, I mean, I could see, especially since Adam Baldwin does play a lot of angry characters, he could make a, I could see him making a very good Batman. In in the Crisis on Two Earths, he was Batman, and he was good. I thought somebody else was. No, it was Adam Baldwin, and it was, uh, what's his name from NCIS as Superman? I was waiting for him to slap someone in the back of the head. Mark, uh, I think it's Mark. Is it Adam Baldwin? Because when it was. I know Adam, I know Adam Baldwin voiced uh, Batman, but I don't think he voiced, ever voiced Superman. I think you guys are thinking no, Baldwin. Billy Baldwin voiced Batman, not Adam Baldwin. Oh, sorry. oh, one of the Baldwin brothers, Mark Harmon did Superman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was waiting for um, claps and one in the back of the head, like I said. Chris Noth, uh, formerly from the uh, Law and Order series, uh, was Lex Luthor. Great Gina Torres. Oh yeah, Gina Torres as Superwoman. I love her voice. I love her voice. Oh God. Uh, Owlman was James Wood. Perfect casting. Awesome. Perfect casting. Um, Brian Bloom was Ultraman, and I, I recognize his face, but I don't recognize... Um, what's something he was in that I recognize? Um, oh, he, among the things that he's done, he was he's Captain America in the current Avengers series. But uh, <laughs> That was Neil this time, not me. I didn't hear that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, guys, listen to your uh, Emerald Knights episode uh, last night. Oh, what'd you And th- I, I went back and I watched Emerald Knights afterwards because I wanted to see the Kilowog story again. Yeah, that, that story was crap. Well, I felt like you guys, uh, you know, were, now, you all, were talking uh, about diminishing Kilowog. I don't think it well, necessarily diminishes it because if you're parodying someone else. Well, well let's be honest. He's not parodying someone else. There. There. If you look at anyone in the military, anyone in the military who becomes a drill sergeant emulates the uh, drill uh, sergeant they have. For you, Richard. I got a question for you, Richard. Did you ever join the military? Did I ever join the military? Yes. No. Okay, then what were you talking about? It's, uh, I come from a military family. My sister is a captain in the Air Force. My father was a master chief in the Air Force. So 
I actually attempted to enlist. I had a permanent disqualification for dry skin. Yes, I know it's ridiculous. Yes, I talked to two congressmen. It stands. So let me just tell you that the whole idea that someone who becomes a sergeant acts like that, who acts like, uh, you know, gunnery sergeant uh, uh, R. Lee is kind of crap. He's playing a character when he does that. Yeah. Well, no, then they say that. That's why Hal says kill a pushover. This is why he's this uh, way. Uh, you, you, he's emulating the tough ass, tough as nails. No, but he does that as a drill sergeant. That's what I'm telling you. You, you think that's what it is? It's, uh... it's the way they used to be. Yeah. Uh, because that's why when Army, Army, Army portrayed it, a... that's why he did it, because he had been... Yeah, drill, uh, uh, drill sergeants actually, the uh, DIs, drill instructors, uh, actually had to go through and be revamped because they were no longer allowed to do certain things after 1987 to 88. You know, I, I was in right before the break. Oh, you, you serve? I I was mustered out in basic training because for health reasons. Um, but yeah, I was in uh, I was in Air Force Basic. You got a little bit further than me. Yeah, Ben, like you, I was disqualified for their uh, IV arachnosis, and they're like, nope, can't do it. Well, I had asthma as a kid, and my lungs are still shot, but they put me through anyway, and then, gee, surprise, I was mustered out. Well, I, I actually attempted, and I, I, I really wanted to, but I, I actually tried to enlist right after uh, 9-11, and there there was a, a recruitment surge, so they were weeding out people. No, I, Now, I will say, I mean, the stories that were in Emerald Knights were based off of uh, Green Lantern Corps comic episode uh, issues. I think they, I, I hated, absolutely hated the way they ended up the um, Mojo Doesn't Socialize episode, or uh, mini episode in there. Because the way they did in the comic was a much greater reveal rather than the lantern symbol coming up. He pulls back and sees the planet, and the forests were cut into the lantern logo in the comic. See, that's it, better. Right? That, that would that have been much better. Yeah. Um, it's a, to I me. Like the, I, I did like it as a whole. Well, to, to me. Nathan Fillion as uh... yeah, Nathan Fillion, he, he needs to be Hal Jordan, period. I don't care if he's too old for the part. He's Hal Jordan. There's there certain people who have been made a better Flash. Well, let, let me also say that the, the biggest problem I have with Emerald Knights is there was a very business-as-usual, casual, we're walking, we're walking feel during the interludes that just felt... I actually didn't mind that. I got uh, the way the Green Lantern Corps probably would be. Well, no, the reason why it's I don't is because first responders will tell you, especially firefighters, it's waiting, it, it's months of waiting, or weeks of waiting, or days of waiting, and then minutes of sheer panic. It felt that way to me. They knew something was coming. They were ready. They were preparing. But until it actually happens, there's not much you can do. So they're sitting there. So they're swapping stories. They're doing this type of stuff, which they do. And then finally, boom, it happens. And that's when the shit hits the fan and everything is going. Okay. Well, so, I, I, re- I respect I, I that. It's, I, I didn't realize that that's what they were going for. I, I just, I, like I said, to me, there was, there was, a, there was no real buildup. I mean, like I said, you know, if if you if you, you walk ben, out of the room for two minutes, you, know, what? you came from military family. Did a lot of the military guys walk around the base like worrying about stuff, or were they, were they joking around, or were they kind of having fun with everything? That's... Take a look at yeah, take a look at the ones who are currently serving overseas. I mean, especially in Afghanistan and Iraq. My I sister, mean, they get their time off. They will go. Yeah. They're they're hard partying. They're hard. I mean, you've got all this time where you've got this threat over you. So what are you going to do? You could either sit there and you know worry yourself to death. Or you can enjoy life not knowing when it's going to end. And a lot of the military do that. 
Well, it, it's it, it's not even enjoying life. It's it, it's like it's almost like you know watching someone just you know file paperwork, and that's what they're doing. They're just filing paperwork and waiting, and they're and they're you know just they're going to the to the the, the main power battery, and they're like uh, yeah. uh, Liberty and Justice, Watermelon and Cantaloupe. But it also, I mean, with one other thing to bring up is that it wasn't until recent years with Jeff Johns that the Corps became more militaristic. It used to be they were independent beat cops. I mean, there was one per sector, and they had to patrol that sector. So when something came up where the Corps was called, which was very few and far between, most of these people have never seen each other. There were, I mean, original Hal Jordan, there was no drill instructor. He got the ring. He was brought to OA once. This is what you are. This is what you're going to be, and this is it. And then you go. And you know what? I actually like that element of of first flight, actually, because I just liked how natural Hal was in that environment. Oh yeah, like a cop. My uncle was a cop. He let me turn on siren. I I just love that scene so much. Yeah, first flight. That's what I hated about the movie was they completely they gave him so many kind of weird like, oh my dad blew up in a plane. Why didn't they ever mention that his uncle was a cop? Like, oh, you know what? He wants to be a cop. Like, I like cop stories. Actually, I hate. I hate the I hate the Ryan Reynolds movie so much that that I you watched the YouTube video right that I put up I saw that and I, I oh my gosh showed it to my wife we were both fucking laughing our asses off it's so funny you see I mean I'm probably in the minority I liked the movie I thought it had its faults um uh, the, the, no, my yeah, wife liked the movie I she thought the Fear Monster was pretty silly when I told her about the original ending where Sinestro Kilowog and like Tomar Ray actually come and help him yeah yeah. She was like, that would have been better. Like, that makes way more sense. Versus, versus like, the Wile E. Coyote Roadrunner turn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you watch like, the video? What's the point of having Oa at all if they're not ever going to use it? Like, she's like, oh, isn't it for so short that the fact they paid for the CGI was almost stupid? Oh, they paid more for the CGI for Ryan Reynolds' costume because they didn't want to put a real costume on him. Which, yeah, the Green Lantern never had that kind of costume. I don't know why well, they did. Well, because, you know, they, they were going for the fact that they want, that most of the audience probably wanted to see Ron Reynolds skinned alive and injected with a green radioactive dye. <laughs> okay, alright, okay, I can agree with that. <laughs> because that's what it looks like they did. It's, it's so creepy, too. It's like, there's his muscle tissue. X rays your body. <laughs> there's your muscle tissue. I mean, you know what that reminds me of? The Tim Burton Superman Lives costume was, was a similar concept. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen with um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Nicholas Cage as Superman. Oh, God. It's, it's, no, I have never been so grateful that a movie has been squashed in my life. <laughs> I would about the Jack Black Green Lantern movie. That could have been interesting. If he played the circle head guy. No, Jack Black was gonna play was gonna play Green Lantern, and it was gonna be campy comedy, Jack Black style fart comedy. Oh, I told you how that movie ends, right, Tom? I think you have, but I'm not remembering offhand. Okay, uh, there's a yellow comet heading towards Earth, and Green Lantern is yeah. Uh, Jack Black decides to use his ring to move the Earth out of the way because it's a yellow comet, but that causes all sorts of global disasters, and people are dying, and. He's like, well, wait a minute. I remember the end of Superman. I'll create a green Superman, and Superman can reverse time and save the day. And that's what he does. And then he decides, you know what? This green Superman is doing everything that needs to be done, so I'm just going to goof off and leave this green Superman to do what needs to be done. That sounds actually pretty funny. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, no, I, I wouldn't be see that movie. I don't think it would be good for a movie. I just think that if they did that in a comic where, like, Hal Jordan or Kyle Rayner is just, like, you know, laid up in bed or something like that with the flu, and then it's like, man, a green Superman. 
I, I mean, I'll be honest. If it comes between, if I'm forced to watch either a Will Ferrell movie or a Jack Black movie, the choice is obvious. Suicide. <laughs> <laughs> well, can I pick the Jack Black movie? Can it be a movie that just has Jack Black in it? Because <laughs> Tropic Thunder was good and it had Jack Black in it. No, I was going to go with King Kong. Oh, jeez. The guy's got acting chops, all right? Well, no. He's got... He has chops. I've like not seen the sideburns. They are chops. <laughs> well, they act chops. better than he does. Yeah, I, it's like uh, the movie um, Stranger Than Fiction, which has Will Ferrell in it playing a sem- semi-straight role. And I'm told that it's a great film. Now, I've seen it. It was okay film. And Ferrell isn't as obnoxious as he is in his normal stuff. Well, he's not playing like the Jim same... Okay. Which he means that, yeah, he was not being, it was not a Will Ferrell-driven movie. But just because he does a different role doesn't mean he's a good actor. I mean, let me tell you about a guy who does a different role that was a great actor. It's a, you, you remember the, uh, was it the, the Jamie Foxx show that was on the WB? Yeah. Absolute crap. Yeah. And I, and I heard, oh, wait, Jamie Foxx is going to play Ray Charles in a bi- biographic flick? Wait, what's this? This is going to be terrible. And then I watched it, it's like, holy crap, this guy is good. Well, he, in certain in that role he was, in other stuff he wasn't. He was good collateral. Just too. the other day, uh, an actor by the name of Nicole Williamson, N I C O L Williamson, uh, passed away at uh, seventy-five. Now I knew him from primarily two roles, but he was considered the greatest actor of his era. Um, have you ever seen the movie Excalibur? Yes. He was Merlin. Oh, that was great. He also perfor- uh, was Sherlock Holmes in the Seven Percent Solution. Your favorite Sherlock Holmes movie, if I remember correctly. And novel, yeah. Although, the new Sherlock TV series is really getting up there. I really like that. Is Was that it... like a period piece, or is that modern day? Uh, Sherlock, modern day. It is a revamping. It's The first episode opens it up with uh, <coughs> flashbacks of Dr. Watson serving in Afghanistan. Ooh, that's good. Well, and... considering that the original Dr. Watson had returned from serving in the British forces in Afghanistan, I thought that was yeah. a beautiful parallel. Actually, India in the in the books wasn't India. it? Uh, well, same area. <laughs> yeah, it's, I had actually. I was at. Uh, I actually just convinced my wife the other day about uh, House. How House is actually Holmes and and Wilson. Well, and House Watson. and Wilson. I Watson. I just convinced my wife that she's like, no, it isn't. I'm like, seriously, look at it. It's what it is. Socially awkward. Well, except except <laughs> they gave except they gave House. You know, they they gave Holmes. Uh, well, Watson's. Uh, link. Yeah. They just switched a couple of characteristics, threw them in there, and it's a it's a great show. And uh, that's one of the things I actually liked about the 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 Robert Downey Jr. movie is people were complaining about oh Sherlock Holmes isn't a fist fighter, Sherlock Holmes isn't a drug addict. I'm like, uh, did you have you ever read the books? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Sherlock Holmes goes goes fist fighting at night. He he's an amateur prize fighter because it interests him. He uh, he. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I his, like uh... I, my wife is my wife's a big Sherlock Holmes fan. She was super happy about. Jude Law being a uh, Watson and not being the bumbling. Oh guy. yeah, it's, it's uh, the real it was, Wat, the real Watson, the it's, capable. It's, yeah. Well, uh, you'll see if you watch the new Sherlock on BBC. Um, this Watson is just as capable. In oh, fact, I, uh, I it, love it. It, it is. I mean, the, uh, the episodes are currently up on iTunes. They're an hour and a half long. There are three episodes per season. They're basically mini movies. Oh, but cool. uh, Bernard, I think it's Bernard Cumberbatch is his name. He does an excellent Holmes. He does an excellent modernization of Holmes, uh, just like Jeremy Britt did an extra, excellent modernization of Holmes for his time. And one other thing I liked about the about that movie was the fact that they made the 
was the fact that they also stressed the that the Sherlock Holmes is a master per- practitioner of Baritsu. You know about Baritsu, right? Who you talking to? Uh, all of us? All, all of you, yeah. <laughs> okay. Bar- Baritsu was a martial art that was invented by this guy in England who decided, you know, you know, modern England needs its own new fighting style and, uh, Baritsu is kind of an interesting fighting style because it's all, because it's all about using canes and, uh, in throws and stuff. It's, uh. Hey, at least it's not Jim Cotta. It's, uh, it's embedded by this guy. Let me try to find a picture. This shows the whole Baritsu system with the inventor and, uh, and the, uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, the ready pose with the cane is kind of special. Alright. Guy, uh, I want to bring up, uh, I don't know if you guys are doing a show about it, but, uh, Young Justice. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Uh, I, I, I'm, I was okay with it at first, and, but the whole, the whole Superman not doing anything for Superboy thing actually pisses me off, so I, I stopped watching. I can understand that. I mean, it's bad enough for someone who actually fathered an illegitimate child to suddenly discover, hey, you've got a teenage child. Here, he didn't even have that much fun. I do like that Batman's the voice of reason being like, listen, it doesn't matter how he well, got here, well, he's here. Well, the th- biggest thing is, I, I always had, and this is gonna come off as kind of corny, I always had a connection to the Superboy character as he was the character that interested me in comics to begin with. Con L, uh, was one of my, one of the first characters I, I really he connected really grew. with. He really grew. I, I, I hated him when they had Con L, when they had Superboy, uh, in Return of the Superman. Um, but uh, after the death of Superman, uh, but I I really liked the way that the character grew, and then I hated what they did to him um, in Teen Titans, where in, they made him half Luther clone and all this yeah, other bullshit. The Dio version. Now, as for Young Justice, I've shown you this before, Ben, and I think I've shown it to you, Neil. But there's a link that I just put in there that says to me exactly what I think of Young Justice. Yes, the one that's drawn <laughs> by uh, Ian. Uh, Ian Sampson. <laughs> I love these drawings. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the one I, thing that the one thing that pisses me off is I always dislike Robin Winkery. Even this Robin Winkery, where it's like, you know what, I want to be, you know, you know, obviously I should be the leader because because I was trained by Batman, and all of a sudden it's like, you know, no, Aqualad's gonna be the leader, but I'm only gonna hold the seat warm until you're ready, Robin. It's like, yeah. well, I, I think it, I, that was good. I like that because it shows. No, that... no, it's not. No, it's not. Why no, does it's Robin just that he has have no to communication skills whatsoever? No, no, no. That, that's why it doesn't make sense. Why, why, why are they saying that? Oh, Robin will naturally, eventually, be the leader. Why can't Robin not be the leader ever? I mean, it doesn't do anything new because it, it just says that, you know, because Robin was so smug about. Yeah, okay, I'm okay with that. I'll, I'll just come and be the leader later. And it, it, it's, it's just, it doesn't work. It doesn't no, work. Have you seen it, it, the recent episodes where he does take command. No, I stopped watching. Well, he he takes command in an episode where uh, Aqualad sacrifices himself, and he gets all like, "Yeah," because he's like, "Yeah," because what a great leader sacrificed himself so the team has no leader. Now I'm in charge, and this is my plan. Yeah, what a great way to motivate the troops is by bad mouthing the guy who just tried to save everybody by dying. Yeah, good. no, if somebody did something stupid, they deserve to be called out for doing something stupid, whether they're alive or dead. Um, but yeah. it really is. It was an intentional thing. Again, uh, isn't Weissman behind this one? Yes. Uh, the storylines to me have been boring. I was so excited to see Ms. Martian because I, I love the character in the comics. Because she is such an, for having such a background like she does, to be such an upbeat and cheery person. Um, but Robin is annoying. Annoying beyond all belief. I don't care who he trained him. He's just 
annoying. You know, uh, I, I, like I said, I actually thought the whelm joke was funny, but Tom disagrees with me. Well, I mean, because it's like Ian has shown here. I mean, it's, it's the same joke over and over and over. Beat me over the head with it. I, I only saw three episodes, so... I, I uh, will say this though they they've they've done a lot more uh, evolution with the characters in the last couple episodes like they have did they give Superboy uh, a real costume and instead of something that was bought off the shelf? Uh no uh they have not yet it's still the black t-shirt well at yeah. least it's better than what DC currently has them in well you, actually the story is in high school there was a costume uh, contest and I actually this was around the time that Superboy was powerless and I actually went and when Superboy was powerless in the in the Kessel Grummet run. He actually did dress like that briefly, but he actually had he actually had a, a, a golden shield and the Legion of Light ring, so it was kind of a little bit better, a hair better. So that's what I went as in high school in the costume party. Did you win? No. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I, I just wish they would have given bad. this. If they had given this show a different name, I'd probably feel different about it because they have such fond memories of Young Justice from Peter David and um uh, oh god, I can't remember oh, the year. Uh, it, it was it was a. Todd Knock. Todd Knock. Todd Knock. Great guy. Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, I just uh, and if, Peter if David had... had his bad moments. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, he's a New Yorker. <laughs> uh, really, I, I just thought he was an asshole. Like I said, he's a New Yorker. <laughs> oh God. Now, I, I the one thing I will say was they have, they've gotten very much in depth with the characters, and it took them a long time to really get into any kind of psychological stories. They've just now started to cover. And that's it's good to have. I mean, you got to have character-driven stories. There was no characterization. They were stereotypes. They were throwaway jokes. I mean, oh, let's, let's be... Kid Flash. I mean, it, it, the hot and horny teenager. I mean, come on. They oh, did Robin. do the whole he becomes Doctor Fate thing though. The what? Yeah, Kid Flash. Uh, uh, was it? Uh, oh, I forget the name of it. Uh, Kent Nielsen dies, and uh, they have. Him don kid, the helmet of kid, kid Flash has to don the helmet to, uh, otherwise he's going to be killed. His only choice to defeat, uh, I forget the name of the witch boy. Uh, Clarion. 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 He has to defeat Clarion the witch boy, and the only way he can do it is to put yeah. on the Dr. Fate helmet. Actually and do it the right. helmet won't let him go. The helmet's like, nope, mine now. Uh, do they actually do it right? Uh, His full name is actually Clarion Bum 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 the witch boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, because uh, there's not a lot of talking because he's he's more interested in getting the helmet well, before. Uh, you know what? You know, I, I actually you've got to have the musical thing in there, otherwise it isn't Young Justice. You, you know what? I actually did like the uh, the Clarion from uh, New Adventures of Batman. Yeah, because he was kind of he because he he was all because he was all the right kind of Damien. Yeah, and this one is based off of the Grant Morrison uh, Seven Soldiers Damien. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's like the you know it's. And speaking of Damien, yeah, let's not speak of Damien. <laughs> you can definitely say that I am totally whelmed on that character. <laughs> uh, remember they did Batman issue 666 and they decided, oh, Damien Wayne. And, and that, that's when I threw the tomato. <laughs> I think Damien Wayne's a very interesting character. I don't think he's been util- uh, utilized properly. And they keep going back to the same the same he, well with him. He that, oh, in. he's evil. <laughs> he was brought in for one reason and one reason only. And that is Dan DiDio has two massive fetishes. 52 and 666. No, 52 and um, okay. Kingdom Come. Well, you know, Kingdom Come not, is... Not is, long is... after he took over, they started, they tried tying everything into Kingdom Come. That, that, that was what it was going to be. You know what? Kingdom Come is great as a, as, as this possible slice. As a standalone. 
Exactly. And, you know, just this is the same thing I say about Batman Beyond is Batman Beyond is great as a what if to, to say definitely, yeah, this is the future of the DCAU. That ruins it. Yeah. And that's what that's what my stance always was. I, mean, I feel the same. I, I look at Kingdom Come the same way that I do Watchmen. I mean, I, I can't tell if every time I read Watchmen, I put the original uh, Charlton characters in there and it still works the exact same way. But it's a alternative Oh, uh, Tom, you gotta do me a favor. Can you slap Fez for me? Oh, what for? What for? Uh, he t- tweeted like last week, and he says, "Oh, I just reviewed. I just reviewed uh, uh, Captain Adam and Doctor Manhattan. Oh, I mean Captain Adam. And like, it's the other way around. Yeah. And 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 I actually wanted to slap him for that, and 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 I can't. But can can you do that for me? <laughs> no, no. Um, there are a lot of people who real don't realize that it's like the '87 Turtles bullshit. Where hey, the, you know the the Shredder isn't all goofy and stuff. This isn't like the Turtles. This is this is. I I just I, there I don't, are so many people who come into this not knowing. I mean, that's one of the excuses. I mean, rationalizations. I mean, reasons that the Dio had for the new Fifty Two was because there are so many people who don't know the background of all this, and we just need to start fresh. I, I know, and like I said, it's... it's so weird because as a comic book fan, I I feel really weird about the new Fifty Two because, in a way, I I kind of see their point. Yeah, it's very hard to but, follow but if, you, if you have... didn't get all the comics for the uh you know Infinity Crisis and stuff like that. If you didn't get everything for that, you're a little if, lost on something. If but... you didn't get anything for, anything for that, you would have a shelf that wasn't full of shit. But at the same time, you know, well at the same time, I was a big fan of when they killed Bruce Wayne and made Dick Grayson Batman. Yeah, I, I, was like, I was like, I was really that's loving really Stephanie good. Brown as the Batgirl. Yeah, like I thought this new Batman world was, I was like, you know what? Keep it that way. Don't bring Bruce back. Or if he comes back, yeah, keep him the Batman Incorporated thing where he's not the main Batman. Oh, Batman awesome. Incorporated was a terrible idea. Why would Bruce Wayne? Actually, I like it. Started, I mean, but... I, I had a similar idea back uh, back in the late '80s. Uh, a friend and I had created a proposal for DC, uh, which was called, uh, God, what do we call it? Batman Arkansas. It. Wings of the Bat or Claws of the Bat, but it was basically where Bruce Wayne had hired the top students of the people who had trained him to take on roles. Kind of a uh, um, Doc Savage's team. I, I, that's Bat. actually that's actually a better idea than what uh, Incorporated actually yeah, was. Yeah, I, mean, I think. And if they had gone through and had Batman, I, I mean, I like the multiple Batman idea to give it. I, Bruce Wayne coming out and saying that immediately. He should have been arrested as an accessory. I agree. The 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 whole yeah. thing is shouldn't go public. And you know the whole. Actually, I yeah. like whatever happened to the Cape Crusader. That was a. I, I just like the idea that that there at the at the funeral at, as the bartender is Joe Chilling. He's like, oh, I was I was a, I graded Batman, so I should be here as, at his funeral. And there's no explanation for it because it's all metafictional and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, that was that was. I didn't know what the hell to think about that. I did like the. Uh, what was oh, they did something with uh, Batman where it was all it was your, all like a big game for the rich. For being, your reward for being Batman is being Batman, and that in itself was kind of beautiful. And, well, no, they did the uh, I don't know if it was part of Keep Crusader, but they did a comic where it was really pretty much the entire Batman group, like all his villains and Batman himself, which is high society playing a game. Well, they they, they did something similar to that. Uh, actually, back it, the first time it was done was. The second, second or third Batman comic, uh, the Terrible Trio, where it was three rich boys 
There was a TAS episode about that. Exactly. There was a the Batman episode version of it as well, but that sucked. Um, Obviously. Yeah. And there was a Brave and the Bold episode similar to it, but it, I didn't like it, even though it had Bronze Tiger in it. But it, re- it really was um, just three rich boys going out for a lark. Yeah, and, of course, at the time, it always made me think of Leopold and Loeb. <laughs> well, the th- well, you know, maybe they, they should have a new Batman villain nowadays called the Planker, and his, and his whole thing is he has people, you know, plank in public. Oh, wait, that already happens. <laughs> it's a... Uh, well, did I ever give did I ever give you my uh, hush rant, guys? I yep. would love to hear a hush rant. I love I love hush as a character, so I'd love to. Hush hear is hush terrible. Rant. Hush is great. Hush Hush is taking a little Hugo Strange, a little black mask, and adding some Mister Zaz for flavor. I I like Hugo Strange because he's this great psychological villain for Batman. Yeah, he um, wants to, I... he wants to be Bruce Wayne to steal his money. Like, what a great character. He's very simple. You know, and I think he's so elegant. That's how they very easily put him into Arkham City. Was it? Was I, very, he's so elegant. Well, you know what? You know what? I actually broke JT's mind again when I pointed out. You know, JT, when they were throwing Hush, they were actually throwing some uh, some red herrings, hinting that Hush was actually Thomas Wayne who survived being shot, right? And yep. and JT's like, wait, what? And I had to explain to him. He's like, oh my god, it's like the light bulb blew up. <laughs> terrible. And because it was Tom, a bad idea. Tom, you know I'm right. That's what they were hinting at. Oh yeah, I remember the whole thing. And yeah. it, yet I remember because uh, God, one of the Justice League issues where it was you know Rachel Ghoul using Batman's parents over the Lazarus Pit as yeah. hostages. That was actually that was actually Tower Bale, that was yeah. brilliant. And uh, yeah, like I said, it's I hate Hush. What about you, Tom? Like I said, I mean I think. When it, with a character like that, um, do you remember a character called The Wrath? Yes. Uh, the original, it was a one-shot issue, a special issue, where it was basically the mirror image of Batman. It was a son of a criminal, uh, of criminals, whose criminals were attempting robbery or some sort of crime. Actually, actually shot he, by... was the, he was in The Crap Man. He was, yes. Crap and uh, oh, Wrath and Slash. Well, this, or... is, this was back in the 80s. And, and uh... It was, I mean, it was the origin of Batman, but from the other side. You know, his parents were killed by Jim Gordon while they were trying to commit a crime. So he's going in and out of foster homes and the system and training himself up with the hatred of Jim Gordon and, of course, all things based on law and eventually becomes a dark Batman. And the showdown between him and Batman was not bad. Well, the problem I have with the Wrath, at least he, as he was in The Crap Man, is... Uh is the whole thing is they actually have him say, you know, just people trying to make a living when he's talking about criminals. I'm like, wait, what? That, that's your justification? Yeah, it's a pretty shitty justification. Pretty shitty. It, it's super shitty. It, 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 it's great. Thomas Elliot isn't like that. Thomas Elliot is a... And Thomas Elliot so, is Hugo Strange with some black mask and a little dash of Mr. Zasper flavor. Now, did you see the... Uh, the uh... There's a Red Hood comic they did. They did a couple, I think it was like Sister uh, of the Red Hood, uh, like when, pretty much when Todd's coming back. And he, uh, confirms for Hush the, the whole Batman is kind of thing. When they had the original dial in as to whether Jason Todd was going to die. That was a contract that, they, that DC broke with the fans. I, well, let me finish. I, back then, I called in and I voted to keep Robin alive. I did not want to see Robin die. I did not want to see Jason Todd die. Nowadays, I would gladly vote for him to be killed. 
There were there was a promise. There was a promise. There were three. You didn't like you guys didn't like Red Hood. There were three. I hate there, it. There were three characters that were never to be brought back: Uncle Ben, Bucky Barnes, and Jason Todd. That was the promise. That was the promise to the fans, and all three have been brought back. Now I will say there was one way Bucky Barnes uh, was brought back. Two. Let me put it this way: two times that he was brought back, quote unquote, that I loved. The first time was a what if story. What if Bucky had lived? And I loved it because it was a great way of having uh, neither Steve nor Bucky. They were able to stop the plane. They didn't fall into the river, didn't die. And they are growing older as we go. And if no other reason, I'm, as Bartholomew Barnes gets older, he becomes Buck Barnes rather than Bucky. It doesn't sound so kiddish. And he asks Steve one time after he's taken over the role of Captain America, you know, when I was a kid, why didn't you adopt me? And Steve looks at him and replies back then, because if I did, then you would be Buck Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting a tender moment, but that was, and it, it was it was a great scene there. The other one was uh, when Peter David was writing the Hulk, and it was the whole Parthenon series there, where the one uh, Agamemnon in charge of the whole thing. I think it was Agamemnon. Yeah, the old wizened leader of the Parthenon, and as things go. They find out that he's actually this young kid who never ages. And he talks, uh, some of the things he talks about was back when he was fighting in World War II. And in the final, the final time that you see him, he is making a getaway on a propeller driven rocket with wings. It was Zemo's buzz bomb. They had been implying the whole time that this guy was actually Bucky Barnes. Wow. And I thought that, that was genius. It was bringing him back without bringing him back. They never said he was Bucky. Yeah, but it was everything was implicating that he really was Bucky. It was it was, he, it was clever and beautiful, sort of like Barry Dalian. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, but I I the whole Winter Soldier thing didn't work for me. It might have worked if it was twenty years ago, because then he would have been in the river for twenty years. But in the two well, thousands, sixty years later, no, it, it didn't work for me. No, he's in storage, though. Well, you know, he was The Russians in the river. keep him in storage when they're not using them. Yeah, yeah, that was the story behind it. He wasn't in the river. He was in a van down by... <laughs> by the river. <laughs> it, it just didn't... You know, it's like Jason Todd should have remained dead. And the character is brain dead. Uh, it, it just... It doesn't work. Um, <laughs> I do like the idea that an ex-Robin comes back as the bad guy. Um... Because not all of them can be good. Like, not everyone does that and then ends well, up being a good well, person. Well, the whole idea about, about Jason Todd was that, you know, pre-crisis Jason Todd was pretty much uh, Jason 2.0. Yeah, and the second one was was the whole, you know, it was, it was I can't put the blame entirely on Frank Miller, because that'd be unfair, but the whole nitty-gritty has to make it grittier, darker. You know, he he's he he smoked cigarettes. He stole the hubcaps off the bat, no, the wheels off the Batmobile. Parts in the Batmobile, yeah. Batmobile lost its wheels. Sugar got away. And uh, uh, sorry. And uh, hey, and, if Mark Hamill can do it, we all can do it. Yeah. And what 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 really is it, it, it was was you know he started you know he he beat the crap out of that drug dealer, pushed them off the the uh, pushed that one guy off the uh, off the roof and oh wait no he jumped and just kept kept on making him more and more unlikable and then you finally meet his mother and his mother's a bitch and yeah and it's, it's the same thing they did with Azrael later on Azrael yeah and, but you know what that 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 scene actually uh, 
And I, I know what scene I'm, and Tom knows what scene I'm talking about. And Tom forgives the scene. And I know I forgive the scene because I love the character and I love her history. But this scene does put the kibosh on the whole idea of a uh, Lady Shiva being uh, Cassandra Kane's mother. Is when they gave Lady Shiva the truth serum in that story. And she says she never had a child. Yeah, but truth serum doesn't work 100% of the time. Yeah, I mean, uh, so well, like I said, like I said, I forgive it too because I love the character and love her history of her being related to her, so I'm fine with it. I'm just telling you that that scene exists. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the one thing too that they what they really want to do fifty two is because there's a lot of contradictions in the comics and they want uh, to you really know what? just do what everyone else does, ignore it, don't try to explain it, and and you know unless unless you're being an ass about it like Jeff Johns usually is, you know, just, just just roll with it. Now do you I'll feel like you're going to the do the reason, whole? Here's the real reason that they did the new fifty two, and I'm not joking about this, is because Jim Lee failed with Heroes Reborn. This is this is him trying to do Heroes Reborn again, but with DC exactly. Because it's, exactly they have, it's it the exact same team. Now, yeah, it's, it's, I wonder, are they going to do the same thing they did with Wonder Woman, where they revamp Wonder Woman? Are they going to like to say, ah, oh, fuck it, and go back to the original storyline? Probably. Like, you see? They're pro- yeah, yeah, they're probably going to do the same thing. Give it how are their sales right been now. since they? I wonder how their sales have been since they did. 52. The number one issues sold like hotcakes. Since then, they've been steadily decreasing. They've already canceled six series, including the Didio written Omac. Um, oh, they can't even call it Fifty Two then, can they? But they have six series coming up. Some of which actually sound good. One of them is called Earth 2, where they're bringing the Justice Society back because they knew they couldn't do it without it. You know what? I just, I, the biggest problem they have with, uh, okay, I can't say the biggest problem because, okay, one of the many problems that I personally have a problem with, let, let me, let me put it that way, is what they did with, uh, with putting the Wildstorm shit in here. Yeah. yeah because well, Jim Lee again. Because Wildstorm has no place in the DCU. It's even separate on their website. Well, that's what they did with Captain uh, Adam. Is he's uh, what was it? Breach. They've given him that design rather than a Steve Ditko ish or even the uh, '80s version of Captain Adam. Yeah. No, I have to ask. What do you guys think about uh, Superman's re- redo of his suit? Oh god, it sucks. It, it, I, it not, took. It I picked t- up an issue the other day, and I just thought that the suit looked so bizarre. Well, let me put this. That way. didn't look it's anything a... like. It's just like it was so weird for wear that. I'm a kind of guy that, uh, you know, it's, I don't toot my own horn, but I have designed at least 12 superhero characters in my, in my career. And, uh, they all have unique silhouettes and they, they don't have a whole bunch of lines and zips and bullshit. And, and, you know, it's like, uh, my character, my character Ultra has a t-shirt, tights, and a blue bodysuit. Uh, my, my character, the Majestic Knight is, is dressed like, uh, like a gothic knight and with high tech armor, it's it's a, you know my character Infernal is just on fire. <laughs> so well, I I look at it this way. I mean I am not I cannot draw, but I know art. Yes. It, I look at the costumes that they've got nowadays, and especially the Superman costume. First of all, it's solid blue. I mean, as much as people make fun of the red tights and the underwear on the outside, that splash of red there helps break up the costume. It gives something rather than just a big solid blue. Absolutely. Second of all, I mean, armor. This is Superman. Seriously, he needs armor? Exactly. And third of all, what the hell with all the high-neck collars? Have have any of these people ever worn a high-neck collar like that? It is freaking uncomfortable. Well, the biggest thing is, you know, just like, just like uh, Christian Bale says... I no longer have a 16 month old my chest. Just, <laughs> just like Christian Bale said, I need to turn my head. Yeah. I mean, and some of the things like there, I mean, 
I like the explanation, uh, the original Barry Allen costume. I like uh, you know the costume in the ring. I like the way they did it with Wally West later on, where he was using the Speed Force to create the costume, and he stored that within the ring. Now, armor for Barry Allen, armor for Hal Jordan, armor for Batman, armor for Superman. I mean, pants on Wonder Woman. Yeah, they got rid of it, but they still wanted to do it. Yeah, I mean, it's pants a, on Supergirl. It, you know, I love Neil's uh, pants rant about about protection because that was one of the things that people say about Neil. Give it. Oh, I don't even remember what I said. I, <laughs> I think it was basically to the point where uh, they were concerned about her being protected from uh, from like swords or bullets or whatever. And it's like, you know, but but they keep her sleeveless and. Uh, have her still wearing the halter top. It's like, what yeah, the hell? Suit of armor. If yeah. they wanted to redesign yeah. her costume, I mean, I, I did you ever read the explanation for the costume design in yes. the uh, George Perez run? Y- yes, there, there was a there was a crashed pilot that was a woman, and uh, yeah. and, and and they saw the, the the colors of the U.S. flag. Now here's the bonus question: What was the pilot's name? Diana Prince. Close. What was it? Diana Trevor. That's right. Eve Trevor's mother. That's right. I remember now. Damn, I should have known that. Now what, Steve Trevor just came looking for? I don't know. No, no, I mean, it, it was a coincidence that, uh, while, how she met Steve Trevor. And I love the fact that Steve Trevor was a late 40s, early 50s something, and that he became involved with Etta Candy. I mean, great! That stuff happens! No, the, the, the George Perez, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, uh, post-crisis reboot of Wonder Woman was some of the best work in those reboots and and really it's a you know lots of people poo-poo the post-crisis initial reboots but you know my mentor uh, Wayne Howard uh, who was who worked in Charlton and worked in DC who actually quit the industry in 1980 he quit the industry and went to be just a full-time graphic designer because he was disgusted with the darkening of the industry I sent him Batman Year One and Superman Man of Steel yeah. He loved both of them. Yeah, Superman. I mean, I had a problem with Superman and Man of Steel, uh, with Man of Steel. You know, but I thought that the way that he did the reboot, uh, that uh, John Byrne did the Superman reboot, I liked that he was, he did what they've always been trying to do: depower Superman to a degree. And one thing that that the see, my my mentor Wayne only had one problem with uh, Man of Steel, only one, and. It was just the Krypton part. He says, other than the Krypton part, this gets Superman. I'm okay with this. This is great. It's uh... Yeah, the super, that, and that was one of the things, I mean, because it really was cold, clinical. Nobody, I mean, as somebody had once said, Krypton blew up and had blown up and nobody cared. And I understand, I, can the, also I, see. I understand the reason why that he did that, because the whole reason Byrne had was to not glorify this people that were dead and to truly make them alien, to truly make them alien, to show that, to show that even if he physically Superman resembles a human, you know, he comes from a place that's truly alien and it's, it's Ma and Pa Kent that made him Clark Kent, Superman. The exactly. That was to me, that was the greatest thing about the reboot was, and again, it's the dichotomy between him and Batman. He was Clark Kent. Who put on the costume to be Superman? He put on the costume so so people didn't know who he was. He because remember how did he how did he first come to light in public? He was dressed in just a in a leather jacket and a t shirt and jeans, just walking around. And this in the space plane was about to crash. Now I will say I um, what was Lois and Clark had the best line about the costume. It's when, a bird. Uh, it's a plane. It's some guy in some in tights and nope, a in nope. a cape. It's right after because it, it's. Um, 
when Ma Kent is making different types, different costumes for Clark. God, that's a weird scene. And she's, I mean, he's coming out in all these terrible costumes, finally comes out in the iconic one without the logo. And uh, she likes it, of course, and whips up the logo. And he replies, Ma, I'm not wearing a mask. People are going to be looking at my face. And she looks down and says, son, I don't think anybody's going to be looking at your face. Oh, God. I mean, I loved it. I loved it because, again, it was giving a little bit of an edge to and modernization to Ma and Pa Kent. They weren't just old folks from the 20s. They were, you know, they were elderly, not not even elderly, but older, but it was still a modern thing. I, I loved it. Now, have you guys seen, uh, speaking of Superman's junk, have you guys seen uh, Henry Cavill's Superman suit? Uh, I yeah, was, it looks like he's stuffing it because it's almost down to his knees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, for anyone who saw the uh, the last episode of Batman: The Brave and the Bold, there, does anyone else feel really ripped off that they're never going to use that uh, the idea for a, a Batgirl show? Yeah. They they proposed it in such a way you're like, oh, I'd watch that. I will say, Batman: Brave and the Bold had one thing on there that had me squealing like a fanboy. I've loved the episode, but it was uh, I, in the later seasons. Uh, they, it was the uh, trio of terror, or whatever it was. Uh, where I, thought, it was. I thought you were going to talk about the obvious uh, musical number with uh, Catwoman. Uh... No, no. The one I'm talking about is where it was Lex Luthor, Cheetah, and the Joker team up, and they switch heroes to try and take them out. So at the end, you know, of course, the big fight scene, and I mean, they've got the Brave and the Bold theme playing for Batman, they've got a different theme playing for Superman, and then when Wonder Woman, they show Wonder Woman fighting, it's the 1970s Wonder Woman theme. Wheeling like a fanboy, because that would have been yes. <laughs> <laughs> Linda Carter, I, I, just like just like Chris Reeve was B Superman, and uh, uh, Kevin Conroy is B Batman. Uh, Linda Carter was is always going to be B Wonder Woman. Period. Now, well, a quick question: Have you guys actually seen the images for the new uh, Batman cartoon show they're planning? Uh, Beware the Batman. Yeah, the thing that looks like complete, not like. You guys can say whatever you want about the Batman, but I swear to God, when this thing comes out, you guys are going to be like, the Batman was okay in comparison. Yeah, it's just, just so terrible. I'm, I'm sorry, Bruce Wayne does not have a triangle for a head. He is not being a splint. And uh, I'm sorry, it's uh, I'm an equal opportunity hater. I won't I won't give something better props because something worse comes along. It's no, it's, it's okay, okay. I'm, I'm just saying this thing looks so thing, bad. You know? I'm, like, I'm going I'm going to invent negative numbers. Just just. Just because, okay? It's there is no, there's no things raising up. It's not a. Well, have you seen the images for it? Yes, Alfred with a shotgun. Yeah. No, I will say, have you seen the uh, little cartoon fillers that they're going to be doing for the DC block and Cartoon Network? No. I I am looking forward to them. They've got little five minute fillers that are being done by Ardmore Animation. Does that name ring a bell to you? You mean Ardmore Animation? No, Ardmore. Ardmore. Oh. Uh, no. They do claymation, and they're best known for Wallace and Gromit. Oh, yeah, that's Ardman. Oh, it is. I thought it was Ardmore. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah, I, and I've seen some of them. <laughs> I am so looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, I've seen one with Superman, and it. Uh... <laughs> is this going to be claymation Superman? Yes. Oh my God! Claymation we... Superman, claymation. God, they've got something. Was it over on Blaster that I saw that? Oh, uh, let's see here. Uh, Tom, have you listened to our podcast in a while? Uh, no. Oh. I'm, I'm, I, if there's one thing that I am, it's, it's busy. Yeah, let's see here. It's, uh, 
So, Neil, you're getting your Thin Mints this week, right? No. No? No. It's Girl Scout season. You have to. Tom, you got... I hate mint and chocolate. Mint and chocolate should never be combined. Tom, you a Girl Scout cookie fan? Hate them. Hate them? Yeah. No. They don't use real Girl Scouts. (laughs) (laughs) I knew a girl once who didn't like... Who didn't like Thin Mints? I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> oh, I, I just I do not like Thin Mints. I do not like mint. Yeah, mint and chocolate wow. should not mix. They're separate things. Well, wow, that's a shame. It's but uh, you I, know what I, is good with chocolate? Peanut butter. Everything else. No, in all seriousness, <laughs> if you ever have next time you make some hot chocolate, put just a pinch of cayenne pepper in there. Oh yeah, that is good. Yeah. That that is how that is how the uh, that is how the uh, natives used to make it. You don't know that. Yes, I do. Yeah, actually, that is true. The Aztecs uh, back, but then they didn't have the sugars. I mean, it was just pure ground cocoa. Yeah, it was. Oh, well, that's it was, the Aztec. It was very that's bitter. Not, you say natives, I think. It was natives. well. It was. I think the word that they used was strong. But the cayenne, or actually anything with capsaicin in there, helps open up the taste buds a little bit, so you get more of a chocolatey flavor. It's a stronger flavor, but I mean, only only just a pinch. Unless yeah. you're going to go down to a protest and use a lot. Yeah, apparently, apparently, uh, that was one of the prized drinks of the uh, Empire. It was, uh, they used a special wooden stick to mix it, right? Yes. They, like, put it in, like, rub it or something. It's, uh, I don't well, know. I mean, it was, it's, basically, it's just a long wooden rod that's grooved a certain yeah. way. So that, I mean, you spin it in your hand, kind of like a, um, a whisk. Yes. And it uh, makes a nice, frothy, hot cocoa. So, Real quickly, just to throw something by you guys here, because we're probably wrapping up here. Um, what would you guys say if I said that I think the next show that the DC animated world needs to do is an Adam Savage TV show? Sorry, not Adam Savage. I'm, I'm hey, well, again. what? Mythbuster Adam Savage is. No, I'm here. Sorry, I'll, not, I'll watch that. Not I'll watch that. that. I'm thinking, uh, geez, what's the name? Dr. Sav? Uh, Doc Savage? Not Doc Savage. Well, who's the guy with the Sa- rocket back and the laser gun? Um, Adam Strange. Strange. Adam Strange, yes, Adam Strange. Adam Strange needs to be the next TV show they do, I think. Uh, there's his adventures have been so far and wide. I think that he just needs to be done. It, there is such a huge risk of using a character that uh, that to the general audience would not even be known. The, 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 huge risk, huge. It's, see, to me, it's not even that. It is the similarity between Adam Strange and his true origins of uh, Buck Rogers and Flash Gordon. Yeah, even they, those he, characters are so similar. He even has a little hat with the, with the helmet with the little yeah, know. which they've updated, which I don't like. But <laughs> okay, so what what show do you guys think? Like what this like not a mainstream character because I don't think you get away with the Superman cartoon kind of like how you just no one can do Superman right these days. Um, okay, but no. Uh, let me ask you what. Demographic? Are you aiming for? Are you talking uh, adults? Are you talking kids? I think it should be adult aimed, and it should be something kind of like you know, like in one of those action shows they put on Adult Swim, where it's his adventures, going to the galaxy, rocking it, kissing alien women, uh, in the world. Creeper. I, I'd go with Creeper. See, I mean, I was thinking for something like Adult Swim, except most of what Adult Swim has is crap. Um, now, yeah. Well, they used to when they did were doing some anime there for a while. It was pretty. If good. they could get Grant Morrison to write some of the episodes, I would say Animal Man. He'd be good. What do you have against Creeper, Tom? I I, I like the Creeper. I just don't think that he can sustain think a world. show by himself. Yeah. I mean, he never was able to sustain a comic by himself. Okay, okay. It's uh, I'm I'm just afraid of saying the question this soon. You know. 
But I mean, other for I think the question would be a very either a DC short, like a DC like like was on the well, short something like that. The question needed to be done because in the JLU is so well done. But well, well, the thing is this: if, if you do the question, you have to do it like Ditko intended. You have to do it with that staunch objectivism and uh, libertarianism. You have to do it that way. You have well, to. the way that Denny O'Neill wrote him too uh, was great. I mean, I love the episode where it was the question versus the Riddler. Yeah, and he kept on saying, "Why do you ask these questions? Why don't you ask questions that really matter?" Yeah, that was that was great. But like I said. I would if if I was in charge, I would do I would actually do the like what the Ditko's run on the question was, where it, it asked these questions that about you know about good and evil and all that 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 should be asked, and you know I'm actually a little bit of an objectivist myself, so I mean see, I would I, love I to see somebody be doing a noir style, like not like actual black and white, but noir style fifties kind of detective story. That would be really good. That'd be Slim actually, Bradley. But what about the? Let's see here. See, I, I would love to see them do something with the Justice Society, you know, where it's the old heroes with the new heroes. I agree. It's, uh, it's, that it's, sounds, it's, it sounds interesting. But I don't think it would do well. I, I, it's, I just really think that someone out there has to really do a Ditko property as he intended, just once in animation. Well, there is the upcoming Doctor Strange movie. There is a Doctor Strange yeah. animated movie. It was terrible. Well, they did a live action one too, and that was even worse. It's uh, but that was in the seventies. Well, no, wasn't that just a Hulk episode or something? No, they did a live-action Doctor Holy Strange. Yeah, I look this up. And is it, it as bad as the Fantastic Four movie that never got released? Uh, you're talking about the Roger Corman one, that Corman? Yeah, the one that they did like I think was the early nineties or something. They just never bothered to release. Yeah, uh, no, this was a made-for-TV one. Was it, was was this around the time of the trial of the Hulk? Before that. Oh God. Oh wow. But uh, like I said, I just. One thing I remember is, is well, actually not one thing I remember, but one thing I always wanted to see is a team actually like really, really, really channel Ditko. Because I think Ditko has been, look, I, Ditko is really pissed with the industry and he doesn't get involved anymore. And I actually understand it. I actually understand it. I, 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 I think some of his reaction is a little childish, but I actually understand where he's coming from. Okay. See, I'm, not familiar, I'm not familiar with Ditko. I, I think I'm, I'm just that age. Ditko from, created. Ditko created some of the greatest characters ever. He created Spider-Man. He created Doctor Strange. The entire Charlton characters, with yeah. the exception of the Shield. That's true. Yes. The Shield wasn't a Joe Simon character. All right. So. Okay. okay I, I, I just sent you a link. Okay. No. I, I, watch some of that. That is the. Um, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. But the, but how do you feel about Ditko, Tom? As a person, as a creator, the whole thing. It's like I said, like I as said, a I think I, like he I, doesn't I, love her first. Like I said, I, I, I do agree he is kind of childish about the whole thing, but I understand where he's coming from. Yeah. And I mean, I, he's not exactly a spring chicken anymore either. So some of it is old guy sass. Yeah. But it, it really is, um, I, I think like Jack Kirby, a lot of the stuff that he's done has been swept into the rug and he definitely deserves recognition for it and money would be nice too um but also i mean some of the ideas that he had some like with the question i didn't like some of the things that he did with the question because of the attitude that he had for it uh i thought it was very bold and brave that whole that whole objectivism being embraced oh, i thought it was a very brave thing to do i just it just didn't like it okay okay now as you watch the doctor strange thing make sure to remind yourself every so often 
At least it's not David Hasselhoff. You guys it's... didn't like Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I was so glad for Samuel L. Jackson. I was so glad for that. Not I like yet. how they actually got it. Was I heard that there was a contract or something with Marvel where when they nine used movies. his likeness for Ultimate, they had to actually give him some kind of movie deal or something like that? Yeah, nine movies. Nine movies is the deal. And uh, Samuel L. Jackson, not the other Jackson. Hmm? Tom gets the joke. Do you, Tom? Bunny. <laughs> you mean Michael? No, Bunny. Star Wars, come on. Oh, 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 God, oh, God. <laughs> I just loved your reaction. What comic was this from? The Marvel stuff. That explains it. I, you know, I do like the, uh, I do like Samuel Jackson as Nick Fury. I think he adds a little bit of, uh, this kind of rough tumble. If you say street, I'm going to hit you. And what? If you say street, I'm going to hit you. I don't think he's street. Okay, good, because he isn't. He isn't. If they want to streetify him, Samuel Jackson would be like, you know, you know, you know, high pitch pants around his ankle. (laughs) Well, you know, you know, if they wanted, street, chains. If, if, yeah. they wanted to, if they wanted to street Nick Fury, they they just hire uh, Will Smith, and he'd say, "Oh hell no!" No, <laughs> they couldn't have gotten anybody. Sorry, I just when, to Will Smith it's funny because back to the whole thing about uh, doing a rap the for new Nick Ultimate Spider Man when they did the new Nick Fury over in Ultimate, I loved it. So did I. I loved it, and especially, I mean. The fact that he looked like Samuel L. Jackson had nothing to do with it. It was a great revamp, and it was there from the beginning. Exactly, I loved and, it. And you know the whole the the whole Thor is a hippie thing. I love that too because it was there from the beginning as well. You know. Yeah, and I actually like that. That made sense to me. And I like the fact that he didn't speak in old English, and he was like all like, "Hey, no big deal. It's it's all chill." Yeah. Yeah. I you know I one of the things I loved about Ultimate Marvel, and I don't think they're gonna have it with new Spider Man, uh, the crap Spider Man. Um. But one of the things I did like is when Nick Fury, whatever time he showed up in Spider-Man, was pretty much saying, like, when your ass turns 18, oh, my God, are you going to be working for me? <laughs> uh, no, my, my favorite thing is, uh, and you know what, the, I'm going to give Ultimate Spider-Man, the cartoon, a chance because, two words, Principal Coulson. See, I'm going to give it a chance because of one word and two letters. Okay. You heard who they're having do the voice of JJJ. Who? J.K. Simmons. Oh, yes! Got him. That's awesome. Yes, the JJJ from the movies. The right J. Joan J. He was perfect. He was. He didn't. It's like he channeled this fictional character for the first time. Now, has anyone actually heard if they're going to do the Daily Bugle at all in the new Spider-Man movie? They. uh, You know what? I haven't heard anything about it. All I know, every time I look anything about it, I hear the producers and the director poo-pooing Sam Raimi. Now, did you hear the new thing? The uh, rumor. From the Avengers movie and the cameo in it. Wolverine? Well, the Wolverine cameo was the big thing in X-Men First Class. Oh, I got a good laugh. Go, last movie. go fuck yourself, yeah. That's not it. Spider-Man? Yes. Which Spider-Man? The new one. God I can it. see because they're in New York and they got to kind of... No, 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 no. It, it, the it, thing it, is, about it is that Sony owns the rights to the movie versions of Spider-Man. So uh, for them to have a cameo from Spider-Man... And Avengers is a brilliant thing, especially since Avengers is coming out first. It's a great promo. Well, what they could do is just show his hand. But this is a rumor. I don't know if it's actually going to happen. I, I think it'd be cool if he was sitting in the background or something like that, just watching. No, no, like it's, I said. It'd be a photo, you know, a photo in the Daily Bugle or something like that. Oh, you, you know what? Like I said, it's, I, I think they're going to just show his hand, just like the episode of uh, X-Men. <laughs> oh, there's Spider-Man's hand. 
Do you remember that? I've never heard of this before. Okay, it was during the the Fox the, the shitty uh, Fox X Men series with the Shi'ar Empire coming, and there's catastrophes all around the globe, and they're showing different parts of the world and different heroes, and and because they were they didn't quite greenlight greenlight the Spider Man series yet, so they weren't sure what they were gonna do with it. All they could show was Spider Man's hand. Jesus, I'm not kidding. It's a Tommy. You remember that, right? Yep. Spider Man's hand. It, that that was the joke. It's like, oh, they can only show Spider-Man's hand. That is a dumb joke. Well, it's a dumb series, so. I mean, it's one thing was I actually had to explain the Gladiator to a friend of mine when we were watching that when I was kids. When we were kids, because he was like, why, why is Gladiator like Superman? I'm like, okay, see, the, the, ro- the Royal Guard of the Sierra Empire is like a joke of the Legion of Superheroes, which Superboy was a, wait, Superboy? And then I had to explain that. And <laughs> yeah, okay, pre crisis, wait, pre crisis? <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, have you ever had to do that? Uh, fortunately, no. Oh. Cause either the people I talked with already knew it or didn't care. <laughs> yeah, it's, the whole thing was, why does Gladiator have the powers of Superman? And, and I, I, for some reason, I didn't have, I didn't know quite how to say, because it's a, it's a ripoff. <laughs> or an homage. It's, yeah. oh, okay, guys, I, I gotta get going here. Okay. Yeah, Alright, now guys, it was fun being on the show. I, like I said, I would love to come back and do the, uh, Batman Beyond show. Okay. Talk about how awesome that is. Or, you know, any show. Okay, well, we'll see Anytime. what we can do. Neil, contact you. Alright, okay. All right, Talk to you guys later. Nice. All right.